Thanks for downloading The Nightcap Season 3, sponsored by Guzborns once again. And because of social distancing and this strange time that we find ourselves in, uh, I'm in a little studio uh, by myself and I've got Paul on FaceTime. Can you hear me all right, mate? Yeah, I can, just that's, about, yeah. <laughs> that's good. How are we keeping? How's, how's homeschooling the kids? How are you doing? <laughs> Um, it's all right, really. Yeah, I'll let them have bread and water. <laughs> oh, that's kind. <laughs> I, I, uh, you shared yeah. a few photos of you cutting Ethan's hair, and oh, bless him, he looked he looked a little bit distra- distraught after you did it. Like, he, what he were you think? Like he's in prison, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, it's carnage. He was. Um, he's not, when I take him to the hairdressers, like the last couple of times, he, he punched the hairdresser in the face. Oh wow! He hates. He hates it. Hates having his hair cut. Um, so we just get like the most simple trim. So it was just getting so long over his ears and his eyes. And we just thought, like, we've got to go for it. I had pinned him. Oh, bless him. Rian was trying to shave his head and went crazy. And then the next day, he just let us use scissors on it while he, he had some crackers and raisins, like his favourite yeah. food, in front, okay. of, uh, in front of Paw Patrol. That's it. Lure um, them with favourite food and you can do what you want. Exactly. But he had, yeah, he had, uh, he's got one of those classic fringes. I tried to do it from the back, you know, because the fringe grows further back. I didn't just do the old, like, you know, trim at the front. Yeah. But I still messed it up. I love it. It was so funny when you sent it through. I couldn't believe it. Um, anyway, so what are we all doing here? Well, it's season three. We plan to launch season three uh, now, um, but we only got halfway through recording. So this is season three, part one. We've got four episodes over the next four weeks. We have teamed up with Guzborn's once again and they are still going through this very strange time if you visit their website it's guzborn.com you can place orders see which of their new very special releases are available to enjoy at home for the first time and they're all with free delivery no minimum order requirements either and remember at the nightcap pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram to follow all the latest with all the chefs. We've got lots of exciting things coming up this summer. Um, and this was a really fun series. And it was, I guess it was recorded, when was this, Paul? Was it January onwards we recorded this? So there's no really was, mention yeah. of yeah, Corona. Yeah, February, February time we started. Yeah. Um, yeah, it feels like a lifetime ago it now does. with all this going on, doesn't it? But, yeah. um, no, it's nice to release it a little bit earlier than we thought. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's nice. It'd be nice to get out there because it's four wicked episodes. Exactly. And, um, yeah, just can't wait to to get back on it and start recording the this part two. Definitely. Next yeah, one. that'll hopefully be later in the year, obviously. But these were recorded, you know, before Corona and everything went very strange for everyone. So. It's as you would expect, I hope, from us. Enjoy it. Here we go. Welcome to The Nightcap, life behind the Michelin star, a late night lock-in here where some of the best chefs in the country candidly discuss and debate all things culinary over a few drinks. It's series three. I know, yeah. It's like a year since we started this. How weird is that? Over, isn't it? I know, it's crazy. Episode one of a brand new series right now. As always, I'm sat upstairs at Salt Restaurant in Stratford-upon-Avon, Shakespeare's home in the heart of Warwickshire. It's 10 o'clock at night, service is wrapping up downstairs, and let me introduce myself and what the hell we're all doing here. My name's Simon Alexander, I'm a podcaster, producer, and daytime cooking show contestant. To my left, playing host, Michelin star head chef of Salt, Mr. Paul Foster. How you doing? You all right, yeah? Good, thanks, mate. And our guest today, chef owner of The Pony and Trap, one of only a handful of Michelin star pubs in Britain, it's Mr. Josh Eggleton. How you doing, mate? How are you? Yeah, yeah good, thanks. really good. Firstly, as always, how was dinner? This is your first time here, right? First time here. Um, yeah, it was delicious. 
It was fucking delicious, actually. Yeah, really, <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, not just good. delicious, <laughs> fucking delicious. No, it was really great. And, oh, thank um, you. I mean, that's the reason I came. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I, I was interested as soon as you came up here and you guys were talking. You were saying how it was. What is it? Serving the fish at a certain time within the course. You thought was quite an interesting. Like, yeah, we had the fish course right at the start, and then you, you kind of broke it down into smaller meat dishes, which were um, more delicate and and more light, and then building up into meat course. I really enjoyed that sort of dynamic. Yeah, it's well, different to what everybody else does, and is your approach, and you can clearly see your person. On that, and oh, I enjoyed good. that. That's cool. Yeah, just, Why is that? Then, I, I don't know. I think some people don't appreciate sometimes the taste of many that it's not just a collection of good dishes because mm. they've got it's got to work in a flow, especially with the wine as well. It's just got to you've got to have lightness, richness, and it's just got to balance throughout the menu. Mm-hmm. It's cheesy as it sounds. I can't think of a better word like a journey. Yeah, I kind of thought that. Uh, yeah, I, as I was eating, I was thinking this is definitely, definitely a tasting menu, yeah, you know. Yeah, nice. um, which is different to what other people do. It's different to what I do, you know, because we, we do an extended menu, but it's just, you know, if I'm honest, it's an extended dinner menu and yeah. I want, and I kind of want it to be like that because we're in a pub and it needs to kind of relate to those sort of things. Yeah, of course, it's completely different. What do you, when you come out and eat and stuff like this, night off, do you enjoy it and just take it for what it is or yeah, do you just get absolutely. your head your brain on again? No, not at all. Stuff? I don't think so. No, I, I really like to enjoy food in any genre that is if we're eating a two mission star restaurant or a three mission star or a very casual bistro I really enjoy it for what it is that is awesome um, and I think I'm completely over trying to take things apart and just actually having a nice time yeah. and appreciating all genres of food because there are like certain sects of people should we say people or chefs it doesn't really matter who say <laughs> I only like restaurants like this I only like St. John's style ways. restaurants yeah. it has to be simple to the point three courses no nonsense I don't like any of that mission style bullshit me I love all of it I love food yeah, and I love to yeah, learn yeah. about all of it so, and even if you don't understand it like yeah and that's the best thing if you don't understand it because you can learn if you go to A Wong or something like that yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. that place blow your fucking mind like how did he do this I've got no comprehension of how he put that together and we, were so talking, we, we were talking about that tonight about going back it's so much more likely to be open-minded, aren't you? Uh, yeah. If you are open-minded, sorry, you're more likely to enjoy it and take things. Yeah, exactly. I went to Benares for lunch today, and the food was stunning. And I, I can't cook Indian food well, but yeah. it's just nice to just enjoy it, not try and break it exactly, down, yeah. not, not yeah. try and think about it too much. Just That's enjoy one it. thing, actually. I don't eat in many Indian restaurants. Don't you? No, no, I don't, no, no, like curry houses. No, I don't I, know. I, I don't know why. I, I'm kind of into like I love the small stuff, the bhajis and the samosas. But it obviously needs to be done well, and the yeah. vegetables and like it to be really clean sure um, yeah I suppose the grease is I, always and the bit. one thing I don't like is like um, it's just meat boiled in curry sauce it's just like I don't yeah, know it's it just not nice lot, it can be really yeah. bastardised and you've got to go somewhere that really knows what they're doing exactly, to make clean yeah. clear flavours and um, I don't know I just don't I just don't do it you know and it makes you feel like shit in the morning it does yeah but it's, <laughs> just, it's a sacrifice that I'm willing to make <laughs> yeah but um, there's actually one thing that Indian restaurants do that I think you could both learn from to be honest what's that my favourite part of an Indian what's that a lager the really hot towel at the end oh just get it all up in my face like that it's just the best thing in the world that yeah? bit at the end yeah. straight out the microwave I assume yeah it's straight out the microwave always a fake lemon flavour good, good microwaves are good at that yeah. um, so do you guys know each other well if you where did you cross paths and sort of uh, like, sort of through the industry and social yeah, media through trade yeah we, we met, do a, we do we met a, a charity event first didn't we I NSPCC one when was that that was probably what 
was a long time ago. 2012, 2013. Yeah, we I did don't a big Three uh, <laughs> great British chefs. Um, That's right. About 300 people. We just had to stand there and watch people plate up our food. It was oh, great. Yeah. The easiest night ever. Night off, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was all, it was, yeah, Mosimans did, did, the, yeah, did the food, did, didn't they? Did yeah. yeah, I remember doing the dessert actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we just stood there and had a good chat, didn't we? And had a few bits, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Most of the night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was good fun. Yeah. And then, um, I think it was probably only the second time we met. Um, so the day, you'll remember this, the day I got the star. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah so I was, I went Paul's down bring on it up own. again. <laughs> you kind of melt yeah. that cow. <laughs> so I went down on my own and I was going, I can't remember what tube station it was, but yeah. I was going down this tube station, just about to go up the escalator. I see Josh coming down. Um, and it was, this is where, yeah. this is where the venue, where it was, it was just up, up above the tube station. And so he was going the opposite way to me. Yeah. I said, where are you going? He said, oh, right, mate, how are you doing? Yeah. I said, hello, where are you going? He said, oh, Michelin event and got it up on his phone. And Hannah Sanchez, Pete's wife, had told you completely the wrong address yeah, on the other side of London. The, yeah, oh. so I was off. I was yeah, like, he was oh, off in the wrong way. place. It was only because we bumped into <laughs> each other. Only because I saw him. But the, the funniest thing <laughs> was, you. yeah, yeah, we were chatting for about two or three minutes. He went, oh, fuck, you're here. Yeah, the penny dropped. I'm like, fucking hell, you want a star, aren't you? He's like, don't tell anyone. It's in the tube station. So I gave him a hug and said, can you show me where it is? Yeah, we went for a beer and um and that was it. Yeah, it was great. The rest is history. I love it. Okay, coming up on today's podcast, we're gonna be talking to Josh about his empire, working with siblings. Can't wait to talk about that. Yeah. Uh we'll be talking about well being, lifestyle and mental health care within the industry. And on top of that, we're gonna be taking some of your questions that you've sent us via the Nightcap Twitter and Instagram pages, plus all the usual stuff. We've got boiling point, some TripAdvisor reviews and some cooking hacks and myths for you to take away. But before we get into it all, this is a nightcap. Once again, we are for series three opening a beautiful bottle every episode of Gusborn's finest Paul what have we got today oh that was lovely good, isn't it? you've been practicing in the off season <laughs> yeah I've just been drinking loads of <laughs> yeah. Yeah. what have we got mate so we've had this one before but this is probably a different vintage so it's the Gusborn um, rosé yeah. lovely jubbly 2015 you, you know this well as well don't you Josh I do yeah do you um, have these guys we, we stock Gusborn um, at the Pony and Trap and um, uh, probably the uh, was it probably the third time I ever met Paul um, was um, I was cooking at Gusborn last year my, uh, we did a we did oh, two awesome. day we did two day yeah. residency in September. Went and cooked in the vineyard, um, oh, lunch and dinner awesome. for two days. It's fantastic. It's really good. Um, Paul came down for for lunch, which yeah. was nice. Nice. It see. was lovely. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers, cheers, everyone. Cheers. Yeah. I don't know how you did it with what you had to cook on. To be honest. Well, we had a tent. Yeah, a tent. And, and um, <laughs> that was pretty much it. Yeah, it was about it, wasn't it? Oh, I love it. What sort of food are you serving with this, mate? If you had this. Ideally, what would you have on the side? On Sorry, mate. Whatever <laughs> <laughs> that. Um, I think we started that, that, that. I think we were starting with oysters, right there. there. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Just yeah. nice poached oyster, poach it in a beurre blanc, um, just a white butter sauce, and then just finish it with some trout roe, pickled cucumbers, wow. and stuff like that. And that was just to go. Yeah, it's nice with that fat. Yeah. blanc. Yeah. I've learned this that all of these lovely, beautiful, fizzy bottles of Gusborns, they just go out with fatty yeah, foods. Exactly. Mm, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so maybe. Curry, curry night. Yeah. There you go, greasy fatty curry. Decent okay. curry. 
let's kick off with uh, with Josh. I want to sort of learn a bit more about your sort of background and sort of this mini empire. That's sort of <sighs> it's not an out. empire, is it? No. Well, I don't know. I mean, it sort of is. I mean, Pony and Trap is obviously the. I'm going to say something really wanky now. Go on. Yeah, it's, it's going to be like <laughs> it's a community. Oh, that's really lovely. All your employees yeah. love yeah, it. No, it is. No. It's going to be warm hug. Yeah. yeah so like, Empires I... are over with imperialism. So, um, <laughs> so I think that uh, what we do today is different and is about all the people who work for us. But yes, we your have got a lot going on. Yeah, yeah. a lot. Yeah. So we'll start with Pony and Trap. Like For those that have maybe are not too familiar, what set us, give us a bit of context about the Pony and Trap and, and the Michelin star pub that it is. Yeah, so um, we started in a long time ago, 2006. I was very young. Um, uh, and, and again going back to that sibling thing it was, it was me and my sister um, and starting with the family as well like my parents were involved right from the get go we did have a business partner right at the start that didn't go very well um, <laughs> he was gone after like two months um, so wow. then it was a family business you know my parents bought the other half of his um, 50% of the business um, and we've never looked back really and it was me and my sister who've kind of done it from day one and she was out front I was in the kitchen we both did the cleaning together and the washing up and, 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 and we just really went from there really and we just started of wanting to kind of make just do some simple pub grab and a simple pub and that's what it really was and I was making lasagnas and and you know really? cooking hams and doing plymans and, and you know what we still do ham egg and chips and plymans and stuff but we cure the ham we make the bread we make the chutney <laughs> yeah. we turn it's the very different yeah. version <laughs> of those <laughs> like, yeah so we do all those things and, and, and it slowly changed over the years and, and um, I think this March will be 14 years in yeah, fourteen. So I can sometimes like wow. lose that track. Does sound um, and and yeah, it just kind of um, went from there really. And it was just like a burning desire to want to be able to sort of like going back to that plowman's thing. It's like being able to kind of almost make everything on the plowman's. Mm. How learn how to make the chutney, learn how to make the bread, and churn the butter, and do all those things, and then just trying to kind of teach yourself simple artisan ships. So, um, so when it's a, a pubby pub and you're doing the plowman's and all that, was it like a almost a natural evolution where instead of buying the chutney in you went actually yeah, I'm going to make it. that yeah, now make it. well I mean we, I think we made it from day one little things like that because I did work in a few other restaurants before uh-huh. um, And uh, but you know there are points where you go oh let's make a piccolilli oh, I never made a piccolilli right so let's teach myself how to make one you know yeah. and stuff like that and and you know so it is from from there and a burning desire to want to learn all those things um, and then with repetition becomes refinement and stuff mm. and you just keep doing it day in and day out because once you put it on the menu you got to keep it up um, so you're like fucking hell I'll start getting up earlier I've got more to do now uh, <laughs> so because it is really like it's yeah. really like that yeah. um, and and then you just you kind of and then one day we kind of went oh you know we're doing quite well we're busy should we do a tasting menu everyone's doing tasting menus maybe we should do that um, and we, we start doing the tasting menu wow, evening that must have felt like a really weird yeah, territory weird, to be like, entering in and it's a funny story to be honest like the first time we ever did a tasting menu was um, we booked it in and we're like right we're going to do a tasting menu and and we planned the whole menu and, and you know what no one booked for it, it was really like, no yeah, it was like, nobody fucking booked yeah. except for one there's one guy booked which was a one um, and I took the booking because we always used to answer the phone and um, I, I kind of said to him so I can book a table table for one and I said oh we've got tasting night that night and I said there's a seven course six seven course menu explained it and he said yeah, yeah that's fine I'll book that anyway um, it came around to that night mm. and we decided to cancel it because no one was coming but I said anyway, everyone who booked for that tasting menu which was this one guy yeah. um, I said well we'll just do the canapé and the amuse and whatever um, for this guy so we don't let him down right, so okay. we sat there and he ate and I remember he cooked some little salmon tartare and then a amuse or something else um, and gave him a, a starter and a main course and a little 
pre-dessert and then right at the end he came up and he said oh, I'm a mission inspector and <laughs> no like, yeah. good job you didn't cancel him and he had a pressed chicken tureen that was it a pressed chicken tureen with like grilled leeks and stuff like that and he said uh, he said to me he said why don't I know about this place and I was like well I don't know what am I supposed to do write you a letter and he went yes I was like oh, okay well, I, I don't know oh so God. I was a bit like fucking hell the first tasting menu I ever did in this restaurant no way. yeah and he was and that year we, we won a big Gourmand um, yeah nice. so it was a bit mental that must have so it been. kind of went from there so in some respects it's a bit of a fucking fluke really wasn't it well, no, I mean people because he could have come and ordered a lasagna yeah, so because yeah. we were still doing those things mm. but um, yeah people say you earn your luck though I mean it's like you know and, and some people say oh it's fate that day that you came in and you did yeah. that tasting menu but I mean in reality it might have happened a couple of but months later it, that you they, came or something yeah exactly know? and those things they kind of kind of make you go like wow that's amazing and um, and they give you that enthusiasm and that energy to kind of push on and you think well this is amazing somebody's taking some interest because in, you, you, you do struggle sometimes don't you and um, yeah so we went from there and then the mission guy came out and we won a big and and then it was really from there we kept on like pushing harder and harder and harder is there something in this now you know and stuff like that do you, I suppose like the, the British pub is such a unique thing like how we the relationships we have with our pubs did it feel like it retained that essence mm. of a pub yeah completely um, and it still is you walk in there's a bar right there you can still just have a pint yeah, yeah. Like, if you walk in now and this is the thing that I love the most one of the things I love the most like, silly romanticisms is that, that you know little little old couple driving down the road so all this, all this dropping that because it's a roadside pub let's yeah. just drop in and ask yeah. for a cheese sandwich or ham egg and chips yeah. and we would do them ham egg and chips so this is a kind of cheese sandwich well, of course you can yeah. I haven't got a problem with that wow. uh, we've got a decent cheese we've got nice homemade bread and butter and a good chutney and they would not have a clue that's amazing that mate. we've got a mission yeah. star or anything yeah. like that because it's not anywhere in the pub because that's yeah. just me I don't put it anywhere so yeah. nobody's got a fucking clue that, yeah, but that's hopefully really they nice. go that was a really nice cheese sandwich so that's what you want yeah that is so, amazing I love that yeah that's I mean, nice I remember the stories you've told me about like growing up in pubs and stuff and like that is a different world compared to a restaurant but making that bridge from yeah. fine dining and incorporating that is a little bit like worlds colliding I suppose yeah like, yeah, yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's always like that because we still do you know Sunday lunch on a Sunday of 150 people so it's well, sort of like changing that dynamic that's well you know we'll, we'll go from like tonight what day is it today so it's Wednesday today um you know, we'll probably do like 25 covers tonight and half of those would be like on a tasting, a, a, a classic tasting or a, or a shellfish, seafood and shellfish tasting because we do that there because we have a massive love for shellfish. Yeah. Um, the other would do a la carte um, and we'll probably do 20, 25 for lunch um, but that could go up to 35 and then we get right up to Saturday night and we'll, we'll, do, we'll do 65, 70 covers, half of them tasting, mm-hmm. Sunday lunch 150 but then that's Sunday lunch, you know, and so we're yeah. very always kind of like changing our dynamic and having is that to like really... two sittings for Sunday lunch, is it? Three. Three. We six. go from 12 wow. to 5. Wow. Yeah. Um, that is a monster. It's a bit of a monster. Yeah, but it used to be worse. You <laughs> hate working Sundays <laughs> anyway, <laughs> don't you? <laughs> Literally <laughs> drives you mad. I'm really honest. So this year. I try not to now. Now, now we've got a child. Now I haven't. I don't. I try not to now. I, I did it for 20 years. Yeah. But, um, oh, wow. Even before I had kids. Like, <laughs> I hate working Sunday. I used to like. I've got these memories of watching Football Italia like years ago. That's a Sunday. Oh, yeah, Sunday yeah. Morning, watching yeah. football. Classic. No. I mean, I do enjoy doing a Sunday lunch. 
lunch. Do you? Yeah. Do you, yeah. Do you, how often do you get in the kitchen? If you don't mind me asking that. Like, how, so I mean, do I work a section in the kitchen anymore? No, I don't. Because um, simple answer is I'm too bloody busy with everything else. Because mm-hmm. we've got quite a lot going on. Yeah, we'll touch but, on that surely. Yeah. Um, do I work? So like Tuesday, for example, I take Mondays were closed. Tuesday, I take my son to nursery, and then I go to, to go to work. Um, I'll pick him up from nursery about five o'clock, and then Wednesdays I'm usually there. Thursdays I'm usually there. Fridays, if it's not Thursday, I'm in Bristol at a restaurant in Bristol, and then Saturday evenings I'm there. So I'm, I base myself from there and on the pass and talking yeah, to the chefs and quality and, control, I guess, and yeah. plating up and and also just just talking to customers and taking a lot of food to customers and stuff. Yeah, that's that, nice. People really love important. the charm. Of that, yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think yeah, customers see me. They still yeah. see. Me, they see me more now yeah. than they did in the first five, five to six, seven years yeah. because I never left the kitchen. That's probably, yeah, actually, that's yeah. similar yeah. to what you're sort of going through a bit now, yeah. aren't you? Yeah, yeah. I don't work a section anymore unless yeah. I have to. Yeah. I still enjoy it, but... Like, no, I, did, I to... did last Sunday. Someone didn't show up. Oh, yeah, did you go it. down or you're right? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I was on veg. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> <laughs> I was like, fucking hell, I'm a veg. <laughs> I can't remember last time I was a veg section. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I was like, well, I was like do you really need me? <laughs> I bet they were loving it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, let's make sure they get this right. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's a good point. Yeah. So, um, how soon into this journey with Pony and Trap did you start? You know, I know Root and Salt and Malt and all these. Like, how did these things come organically? Or did oh, I don't know. <laughs> Where did it start? I don't know. What happened? Um, um, what do we do? Um, so we opened. Um, what's the second? Bit? We opened another pub and for a couple of years, and then we sold that. And then we, um, then I, we've always done event catering in and around the business, and. Coffee so machine that. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's fine. We'll let the coffee machine go. Look at it. It's, a, it's like having a car in the cor- parts in the corner of the room. It's brand new. I didn't know it made that noise. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll turn it off next time. That was <laughs> good. Still going? Oh my word, look at it. It's like a robot. It's gone to sleep. <laughs> wow. um, yeah, sorry. So, so like- what happened? Um, yeah, we did. Uh, I started. In 2011, we started a, a food festival, something called um, Eat Drink Bristol Fashion, and that uh, was to celebrate Bristol food culture um, within the city. Because I had a strong belief back then that, and I still do, that Bristol uh, Bristol is one of the best cities for food in, in the country, and I, and I still do think it does, um, even more so than ever, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we started a food festival doing that, and started trying, just started networking with chefs and doing different guest chef nights in in in, in the Pony and Trap and in other people's restaurants with Casimir and the pump house and local chefs um, and then created a food festival for the back of that by getting guest chefs to turn up and cook there um, and it all kind of went from there really I suppose and then we opened something called um, on the back of that we opened something called Yurt Lush so in Bristol we have a saying so these are all like play on words so in mm. Bristol we have a saying called ship shape Bristol fashion yeah. which means to be like you know you, you, your kind of boat is ready ready to sell you know yeah. but you're, you're, you're all in working order ship right. shape ready for service oh, yeah, yeah. you know we're eating and drinking in Bristol style so that was the idea of that and then yeah. we also have another saying in Bristol called um, Gert Lush so if we like something you say oh that's yeah, Gert Lush, lush. Gert. what's the Gert bit I've heard the Lush I've got some Bristolian relatives Gert, that say Lush um, all the time but the Gert bit I'm not what's the do you even know fuck knows no. <laughs> Gert Lush I do know I do know but I can't I've got no translation <laughs> okay fine that's fine <laughs> yeah um, and then so we just changed it to Yurt Lush so this cat was like a sort of cafe bar which is in three Mongolian and yurts um, and we converted them into a cafe and they oh, sort cool. of like does breakfast and does lunches and then it's a bar at night is in the sort of office 
strict, strict next to Temple Meads, and then we um, do lots of private hire there, and we do a Sunday lunch and stuff. Did you come up with all these individual ideas yourself, or was it people? Yeah, it's sort of collaborative as well, and some of them, yeah, and 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 some of them are like ideas that I want to do. So salt and malt, for example, we've got two of those, which is essentially means salt and vinegar, um, and that's our fish and chip shops um, and fish and chip brand, I suppose, and and we've got one on Chew Valley Lake next to next to the next to. next to Chew Valley Lake next to the Pony and Trout that's what I was trying to say mm-hmm. um, overlooking the lake and that's by water and we've got another one on Bristol Docks which is a lot smaller Amazing. shipping containers and we serve gluten free fish and chips um, and that's just from me loving fish and chip shops and loving fish and chips and my first job was in a fish and chip shop you've, oh. you've had some of our fish that did you know that <laughs> Yeah, I bet. Could you use Johnny flying fish? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it didn't show up one day, and like we couldn't work out where it got. Oh, really? And because we're salt, you're salt and malt. Yeah, they just clicked the wrong. Oh, really? So it showed up with you guys, and then they had to bear us out. Yeah, just go. Yeah, I probably just like, yeah, thanks very much. (laughs) (laughs) You probably had so much of each other's stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'd probably write. Yeah, it's probably like if they don't, if they've not brought it up, don't tell anyone. Does, uh, does it feel daunting like keeping tabs on so many different projects at once and yeah. obviously you've got a huge team and you must trust yeah, we do, yeah. you have to trust a lot of people in that yeah. process but yeah absolutely um, and, and the way we do it is if we're going to open a new restaurant or, or a new um, project for example mm-hmm. um, the first two questions the first question that comes up is like have we got anybody who who's going to be the head chef who's going to be general manager have they worked for us before do they understand our DNA do they, do they um, are we going to work with them because don't really like recruiting from outside yeah. and we recruit for from within and that's the first question that happens before we open anything and if we've got the people who want to do it if we've got the enthusiasm to do it want to put their mark on it then let's do it that's yeah. absolutely fine and then obviously the business case needs to work and all those other things yeah. um, but like you just have to have that like passion and enthusiasm yeah, and if you're not up sense. for it then we won't do it and we said no to stuff based on that you know has everyone got the right people in place to do it it's not going to happen that must be pretty cool because I assume then that it means all of those places are made up of people that started at the bottom at like Pony and Trap exactly and then came literally in every restaurant they've all worked in Pony and Trap they've been yeah. assistant manager general manager assist, uh, sous chef or head chef that's yeah. awesome yeah. it's yeah. like an organic all... process for all of them yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely yeah. promoting from within like that promoting from way, within yeah. you know and, that, and it's, it's great it works really really well um, and like you're talking about keeping tabs and this is me being like really kind of organised at the moment it took about 18 months to get together but Monday just gone by we just did a sort of whole day together of all our head chefs and all general managers and did a lot of Boring shit, um, <laughs> like HR and stuff like that. Is it which team needs building to be done. as well, or is it? Yeah, we can call it team building. Okay, yeah, yeah, we just call it um, head chef and general manager day. Um, but, you know, <laughs> that sounds fun. <laughs> How did you think of that? You know, to the point. But, <laughs> but at the end, we finished with a nice wine tasting and some ta- and some and sort of like a few different suppliers coming in with their produce and oh, stuff like that. Great, we could talk about yeah. pricing and and it was actually really, really good. I didn't know how it was going to go, but it was a really positive reaction from all the guys because it took me a year and a half to get them together because they're all like some of them are like fuck that I'm busy I'm using my day off you know Um, so eventually we got it together and it works well that's awesome Um, I know you said that when it comes to people just nipping into the pony and trap they don't even necessarily know it's a Michelin star restaurant because there's no signs for anything Mm. if they want a cheese sandwich they can have one does it is it a focal point at all to make sure you retain that? Do you feel a pressure every year when it comes out to make sure you still got it? Oh yeah completely yeah definitely I really do feel like um I think it's important to say that when I did win a Michelin star, 
How long ago I was, was that now? 2011. Sorry. Yeah, okay, I yeah. was like more shocked than anyone. You know, I was like, <laughs> "That's be, a it running cannot theme, be actually, real. isn't it? But everyone like, seems to it baffles yeah. them. I it didn't believe it until I got the press. And I was like, the press release, and they never used to have the awards and all that. It was just a press release on the computer screen, and I was like, "That's bollocks. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't look right." Yeah, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's impressive to turn it from a bib to a. Start that doesn't happen often, does it? No, we did it in one year, yeah. Yeah, um, done that coach did it, and then yeah, it's not many. It's it's impressive, yeah. So, that, um, but do we feel the pressure? Yeah, absolutely. And the pressure is good, it's a double edged sword, it it makes you busy, um, you know, makes you very busy to start with. Like, it was bloody hard in the first year, and you get a lot of criticism as well. People saying this is not Michigan Star, and you know, and the the truth of the matter is, I don't really know what you need to win a Michigan Star, nor does the general public. So, when they tell you it's not a Michigan Star, I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. <laughs> but essentially, if they've got a problem, you need to kind of deal with that and try and understand that and see if we can remedy that. Um, but every, you know, I think there's a lot of truth in the fact that if you do lose it, you are then tired with that brush. You're the guy who lost a star, yeah. regardless of how many years you've had it. Yeah, yeah. You're probably right. You're probably, <laughs> I don't know. probably right. Yeah. Actually, that's a real shame. No, they forget you had one. So yeah, you yeah. lost one. Yeah, you lost one. Got one to lose one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> it's really bad, but you say that. Like, I've definitely just thought then of moments where I've talked to people about restaurants. And go, oh yeah, they lost theirs. Yeah, you exactly. Do. You're feeling bad. Yeah, yeah I do feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> you should. Yeah, you should. I know we touched on it at the beginning, but I'm really fascinated to learn about like starting out your business and growing the whole. I'm not going to call it empire community. No, Jay, to where it's got to. I, I just, you know, um, dictatorship. Yeah, <laughs> doing, Josh, Josh Kimmel. Yeah. Doing yeah. it all with your sister. How um, how how does was that? Obviously, it sort of at the time just sort of made sense when you were starting out. No, completely. But, yeah, it made sense. And she she worked in hospitality. She worked in a pub down the road at the Carpenters Arms. I'd worked in the Baron Swan, the other one, the other way. Yeah. And um and 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 I kind of you know we needed I needed Holly to be there to have that connection with the front of house, and that's really important. It's it's important to say that. I get everybody was there as well you know my parents and my mum and my, yeah, sure. my brother and my dad and even Meg as well for years and, and to make it make it all work and make it all come together but um, Holly has always been there as a general manager even so like a couple of years in or was it a year and a half in you're like right I'm going to go back to university oh, and do wow. a fashion course but also hold down a general manager job at the pub um, and that happened that? oh did she go oh, like, yeah she's done it yeah wow. completely yeah that's yeah. unbelievable um, so you know she's got a degree in fashion as well as doing as well in as well as when in a bloody mission start at the same time you know um, so you know it's just like the drive she was just to 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 to, to make things happen and, and uh, it's a case of um you want to make improve things but also you know you need to make this work so we don't make it work was it ever did it ever change the dynamic between a general manager and a head chef because you guys are brother and sister no, no, not really. No, I think it's always um, you, know, you don't really, you get you get your moments. Yeah. But um, <laughs> when you like you act really pressured in front of everyone else, but yeah. put yourself down because you're massive. Like, rash. Shut up! Oh. Why? Just cause. No. You dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> no, not that bad, really. No, it's, it's always she been alright. Be yeah. She's always very professional. Um, maybe me not so much. But <laughs> yeah, but no, it has always been good actually. And it's interesting that there those are always quite um, those questions always come out in a lot of interviews. Yeah, well, it's quite unusual. Is, is it unusual? thing I don't know I guess so how is it any different to a husband and wife team like you know a lot of that happens across the country you know Mm. you just don't hear you hear of a lot of a lot of them meet at the restaurants don't they as well but but husband and wife duos they often meet within the industry yeah generally the fact that you and your sister I suppose worked 
at separate pubs yeah. close by yeah. I mean, you were already yeah, established in your own field it wasn't like you just started it up yeah yeah so it absolutely makes yeah it makes yeah it just made sense and it's and it's worked it's worked really really well um how would it go down if you started with your brother not very well you don't like food basically <laughs> yeah. you grow, what is it, oh, I can't remember now is it nuts that he says he's got he, an allergy but he doesn't yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just doesn't like the food. every restaurant it, he goes to he's got an allergy how many serious. nuts have you given him oh, oh loads <laughs> just <to try laughs> really sneak up for it. yeah really sadistic yeah. never heard of an EpiPen yeah <laughs> <laughs> you, so know, you know when I spoke about it last time on the pod, he, he was good. He was like really good. Yeah. Was he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, he was, we've not, not spoken on the podcast. Why did you bring that up? Because it's true. Lion. <laughs> <laughs> You're that guy. Yeah. You're that yeah. guy. Oh, mate. I'm so glad he listened, though. Because yeah. you really laid into it. <laughs> Sorry, he might be listening now. I apologise. Nothing to do with me. I don't wanna... Yeah, it's all me. It's <laughs> okay, we're going to move on to one of our other topics now, which is about well-being, lifestyle, and mental health care in the industry. Um, I, for me, this is super fascinating because we've talked a little bit about how different a uh, chef's lifestyle <laughs> is in terms of the hours and the relentlessness of it and the mm. adrenaline and all those sorts of things but I think it does feel like we live in different times now and I'd be really interested to know from you guys what it's like when you're having a tough time either in your personal life or you know stuff's going on in your head and you still have to perform on the night and you still have to give it your all like how how difficult can it be when you are having a tough one um, and you still have to get in the kitchen and do you think is it escapism sometimes it helps to distract you does it yeah Yeah, it does because you so you have to be so switched on and you have to block everything else out if you I don't know you have problems arguments whatever's going on in your life it does it can be a a welcome distraction sometimes because mm. you have to be especially if you're cooking at a you know, high level and you want to yeah. be the best you've got to be focused on it you know it's not just going to work where you can just drift off and you sit, know, think about sit at things. your desk and just yeah yeah so in that respect it is but I mean the workplace well or this industry I mean it's the best it's ever been it's completely yeah it's going in the right direction yeah from like when I started before even we started the hours are better the pay's better the way you're treated is generally better there's obviously yeah. always going to be places where it's shit um, and it still needs to keep moving in that direction yeah. it'll never be in the place where if you're working in a Michelin star restaurant you're doing 37 hours a week yeah yeah of course but the balance is much better than it was work life balance is way better yeah I mean you have said all the things that I would say pays better the environment's better everything is better unfortunately that's not filtering down into lots of people entering the industry yeah um, I think that's going to take a longer longer yeah I mean there, there is a skill shortage um, that does exist if I'm honest I'm not experiencing that myself um, I think I think we have a very buoyant um, pool of chefs and people that want to be in the training in Bristol and that's just a reflection of the hospitality industry there but that's not necessarily of all restaurants in Bristol and, and the southwest you know and on that front I've, we created something called the School of Food which is there to kind of nurture and train chefs um, apprentices into into the industry and the yeah. reason we oh, called right. it School of Food was that I didn't want it to be like culinary academy or anything intimidating you know I wanted no, it to be sure. like you know like this is actually this is a fun thing to do. It's cool and it's open and it's yeah, you know it's nice. accessible. Um, yeah, it so it's just like Makes sense, it sounds yeah. approachable. And it's like encouraging people in and, and trying to show them and nurture them. And, and our main USP with that is that instead of just cooking from a curriculum, 
like when I went to college did you go to college yeah yeah so you know I learned how to make like chicken chasseur and, and chicken a la king yeah well I, I fucking never made one chicken since chicken a la king <laughs> shit yeah. Yeah. yeah well if you ever made one since and they're still teaching chicken it chicken maryland I'm like, are they well, still teaching that no. chicken well, with banana I'm, you know I might that? be embellishing that a little bit but you know it's a good story so uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know if they are but uh, they definitely still talk about chicken chasseur and it's good to talk about it but my approach was well let's get so every time we had a, an apprenticeship um, day and there's about 26 of them a year we would have a different chef come in from a different restaurant in Bristol and do a masterclass on vegetables or on fish or on meat or on um, shellfish or on bread or get flying fish to come up and just show them what's happening in the trade now and what started to happen was that all the employers would contact and go bloody hell that cauliflower burger you, you that vegetarian cauliflower burger you showed them how to make we've got that on the menu it's fucking great oh, and I'm like that's amazing that's it, that so, so we're showing them real world yeah. stuff that's yeah. working oh, in the sorry, trade yeah. now yeah. And that then encourages. So then the person who's an apprentice goes, Fucking oh, I'm I'm mad into this business. Yeah. And I feel motivated because of that. They're starting further along than you guys would yeah. have done then if you're learning dishes no one's doing. I mean that just seems mm. self-explanatory. So what I'm sort of hearing you say though is maybe um, whilst it's maybe easier than it's ever been is there you said you commented on the skill set there. Is there is there maybe a lack of mental toughness now? Um, I don't know. I mean, the, the industry. Everyone's. Di- I think everyone's different, aren't yeah. they? Um, the industry's getting lots of, lots of stick lately about mental health um, and it, it being bad for mm-hmm. mental health, which it certainly was in the past. I, again, yeah. like touched upon it earlier, but it's not not like it was. Um, it, it generally does get blamed for a lot of people's bad, bad, bad mental health. Yep. I think it's just an, I think it's an easy target yeah, as the yeah. industry. <clears throat> generally, those issues start when people are younger, uh-huh. don't they? Yes. You know, I'm no psychologist, but yeah, yeah. you know, it, and I mean, mental health is an issue for the the whole country, every industry, isn't it? So I don't think it's yep. right to just pick the industry and say there's an issue with the industry. There's certainly things that need to change. Yeah, but that's n- that's not the the main catalyst. I think there's certainly more awareness with mental health these days yeah. across the board, and not mm. just our industry. Um, and that might mean that we're seeing more mental health issues within, within our industry as a repercussion of awareness being risen. Um, and that just means we need to know and understand what that means and how do we deal with it moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, is there? Do you get a sense of like you know maybe in the day when you're prepping and you know it's not as intense as doing the service? Um, is it different now where people you know obviously there's always a bit of banter and small chat, but to people is it a place where you found in kitchens people open up about stuff so they can get stuff off their chest and talk to one another while they're working or not? Oh, completely. If you're working yeah. together as mates and, yeah. and, and, and you're in and you're in and you're in the environment together for you know, 10 hours plus a day, definitely. Yeah, if you, you feel, feel comfortable feel, in that environment. Connections quite quickly. Yeah, in that real respect. quickly, yeah. 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 yeah, definitely. And then, after the prep time when I was training was like, you couldn't really talk, you couldn't have a radio, and it was like, it was more intense than service sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but I don't, I don't have that approach. It's I no. have radio on, podcasts on, music on, and just, we've got natural light, which a lot of kitchens never used yeah, to have. Yeah, that's a brilliant that's point, brilliant, actually. actually. Isn't, yeah, massive. I can't work in a place with no natural light now. Yeah. <laughs> it makes such a difference yeah. great. and also just that sort of staff meal as well staff meal is really important yeah, that's down, come up a lot eat. recently a lot of people making more of a fuss of it now oh completely to, you know yeah. sit down this, uh, let's give ourselves an hour let's all sit together um, 
let's cook something nice or I mean when they cook something shit it's like <laughs> soul destroying you're like this is supposed to be the good bit this <laughs> yeah, is yeah. the best bit of the day yeah. what the fuck is this yeah. <laughs> and they're like you won't let us order anything chef we have to use the leftovers I'm like yeah but be creative uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah other than those small little pockets in the day then if you do get an evening off or a day off and stuff what is it that you guys do to escape it all what, what are the sort of typical things not like a special weekend but what are the things that make you escape um, from the world a bit when you're doing uh, <laughs> still thinking about food yeah. still cooking oh, definitely food. food's like forefront isn't it um, you spend time with your family these days don't you you know I've got, got a young child and, and, and that's what I do you go, go to the food market <laughs> yeah. when, I, when I was younger early, early 20s it's like your days off would be so intense because you'd have FOMO wouldn't you like fear of missing out so you'd just be like yeah, I've got, like, got to do this in a day I've got to go and see you know girlfriend got to do this and you just you don't actually stop yeah. but no yeah. I, I do I don't really do a lot of my days off really apart from chores and, yeah, and chores, chores. Yeah. How, sorry a boy or girl a boy Max Maximus, and he's, uh, t- he? he's two. Two, so yeah. you did that, but that must have taken a real, you know, for the lifestyle you leave yeah. the evenings and stuff. I mean, Paul's got two kids. Like, yeah. it must, that must have changed your does change and priorities. Like, and like I said before, like the biggest change was um, not working Sunday lunches anymore and just having that day as a full day. Yeah. That's important. Um, and I take him to nursery on a Tuesday, so I don't work Tuesday nights in the kitchen. So we get, but I go to work in between and we get set, we plan all the menus, do the tastings, we know what we're doing. So yeah, it's just that slight adjustment reasonable adjustment yeah, um, so. and I think that needs to happen you know to create that work-life balance otherwise I mean you got to be honest like you know I, I've been cooking I've been in kitchen since I was 15 years old um, and do I want to be doing 60, 70 hours a week on the stove when I'm 15 probably not yeah of course no, that's but, fair well, that yeah. is fair enough do, yeah. I, do I want to be doing what I do now absolutely do I like doing it absolutely um, and I think I, I really enjoy the work life balance I'm going to make my uh, disagree over there looks as a thousand but yeah it, it, I think it is it is completely different like that the way it does work the way it is working now to the way it was five years ago mm-hmm. you know makes a lot of sense mm. okay we're going to do something new for this series we are encouraging you to get in contact and ask our chefs some questions you've always wanted to know the answers to. They could be serious, they could be funny, they could be whatever you want. We've picked a couple and we're going to fire them to these guys now. Feel free to keep your answers as short or as long as you want. Okay. Okay, first one's from Paul Huddleston. He said, guys, are there any ingredients that challenge you that you can't get your head around? Are there um, any like, particular ones that come to mind where you're just like, oh, Jesus, not this? Um, oh, crap, because it's yeah. shit. <laughs> <laughs> I completely Slimes. agree with that one. Yeah. Just go slimy. It's oh, not it's, nice. <laughs> Why? What, is that, it's just difficult, or is that? You know, it's just weird. Yeah, <laughs> like you slice it, and it sticks to your knife, and it's yeah. got this like smeggery slime. Yeah, I mean, it's really popular in like yeah, in Indian cookery, and apparently, like really Caribbean good. Caribbean cookery, I think, is quite popular. Isn't yeah, it? and yeah, yeah. like South er, Southern areas yeah. of America, like Louisiana and stuff, but. No, I think we just weird. don't know what to do with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, dismiss it. That's yeah. it. It sounds like you just don't want to give it a proper go. Yeah. I, I, agree. I completely agree. That's probably my worst. Yeah, my worst one. Really, both unanimous. Over yeah. I love that. Blech. Okay, next one. Uh, this was from Jenny, Paul, Josh. Other than Gusborns, obviously. What's your ideal tipple of choice for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? 
Gin, gin, and gin. <laughs> <laughs> wow. In Perhaps that order. Life's really gone down. Well, is it going to be the same one? No, no, no. no. So, yeah. Cup like, of tea. Ideal... Yeah. Cup of tea. Is it cup of tea over coffee? Yeah. In the morning? Absolutely, yeah. 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 Coffee is my breakfast. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's I don't really drink coffee that much. Okay. I drink coffee tonight after dinner. I'll enjoy that. But like, How'd just... you take your tea in the morning then? Um, just a strong, tiny bit of milk. Love and it. about six, seven cups. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no sugar. Do you... No sugar. Uh, do you uh, put it in a teapot? No. PG tips too much fat straight in a mug yeah Yeah. loose leaves really strong (laughs) (laughs) have got time for that (laughs) Uh, coffee every time for you my coffee is my breakfast yeah Yeah. you don't eat at all not breakfast I never have since I was a kid you don't either I always have a milky one so that's it fills your I was going to say milky bar (laughs) (laughs) coffee in a milky bar (laughs) um Lunch is probably what's an ideal one like, or a soft, softer drink. I don't know. I've gone off soft drinks. I don't drink them anymore. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, I'm getting off, old. Like, alcohol yeah, only. Drink squash. I've never don't drink soft drinks. Like, Coca Cola used to love. And alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> See, and alcohol. <laughs> is there anything else? No, really. Yeah. Coffee, wine, gin is my and water. Obviously. Yeah, water. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Feeling yeah. like I need to sparkling love water. It. Always, mm. yeah. I really enjoyed like very dry sherries. To be honest, if you go out for a nice meal, do you ha- always have wine with it, or do you have? Because I know you like a beer. Like, would you have a beer with what with your dinner, or do you always get no, wine? I don't really like drinking beer with food. No. Depends really. what unless it's depends like um, a really nice like a small amount that match yeah matches the food or something, but not pints. Like no, nice yeah, get too bloated. <laughs> like a nice sour beer or something like that. Yeah, so sour beer. Lovely. Season, yeah. Love it. Yeah, good one. But it just reminds me of being drunk in a curry house when I was younger, and then you having a pint of wanky lager <laughs> wanky just bloated lager. and like uh, I just can't drink lager and food this is why food. I don't go because yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's people like him still in there with yeah. a big Carlsberg <laughs> dribbling yeah, yeah. <laughs> love it okay last one uh, from Kev Chef loyal follower to the, the podcast who or where do you predict will get the next three star in oh. the UK oh. well no one saw the last one coming did they that was a surprise no they didn't no uh, um, oh, last one what was um, so Sketch got of course, three yeah, it was just a surprise yeah. it not saying they're not worthy of it, it just it wasn't on everyone's radar no it was on yeah. everyone was saying Claude Bozzi or Claire oh, Smith yeah uh, I was they, just oh, about to say those Smith, two yeah. Yeah. yeah are they still do you think they're next in line or Sat maybe Sat, yeah. Yeah. a lot of chat about Sat I mean, this time around wasn't there I'm well. biased from working there but I think it's worthy of it it's so unique and yeah. it's so consistent and such strong food Yeah, it's one of them that it's been two star for so long you think oh, it won't happen but Sketch yeah. two star for ages yeah exactly so maybe yeah. it's very like yeah. you say it's extremely unique and it's just about creating that personality and character I think and exactly. you know yeah, that level, food, like, you know it's hits don't yeah, you absolutely. I think that's what a freestyle needs sort of to be doesn't destination. it destination exactly. it's like signature it's like the fashion equivalent of like you know who's made that yeah you know a fat duck dish you know a water side yeah. dish don't you you know the old gavroche dishes you, yeah. you just know it's them completely yeah. Yeah. yeah and I agree with Claire Smith and, and, and Bibendum as well yeah, they're, they're, would not yeah. be surprised at all. Yeah. yeah yeah I've not been to either but you know, it's all you all you hear and you see how consistent no smoke with that yeah. fire it's got to be something in it yeah and Claire's as far as I'm aware when I spoke to her she said she's only ever worked in three stars this is you know, her own restaurant now she's worked in <laughs> slumming it uh, yeah. too yeah. <laughs> well you're straight in it too come on you know what I mean? <laughs> no, it's not yeah. bad is it yeah, yeah I'd say that yeah. okay. good picks I like it right time for TripAdvisor reviews <laughs> one of my favourite segments of the podcast oh, yeah. uh, this is how it works Josh I'm going to present both of you with a TripAdvisor review you have to determine whether I am describing each other's restaurant or is it somewhere else it's that simple Paul do you want to go first yeah go 
one in. Okay, I'm going to read you one here. You've got to decide whether this is the pony and trap or somewhere else. Okay, simple. I got a lot of fucking bad ones. <laughs> I'm just going to say it right now. Do you read them? Do you read them? No, don't read them. No, no. no well, actually, I should be. I should say that we do monitor it, but I don't read them because. Um, it just put me in a bad mood. I can see it like boiling. Three fucking weeks. Um, <laughs> okay. No, but we do we do look for um, stuff that's reoccurring and whether it needs to be addressed. That's simple that. as that. Very yeah. good. Very astute. Right here we go. Ready? Go on then. One out of five star rating. <laughs> The title of this review is Instantly Ill. Instantly. Like food poisoning does not work like that. Wow, wow, you wait. Oh right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Instantly ill from the food. Very overpriced. I'd never tried a restaurant like this before, and this just tasted and looked preheated. Do they mean reheated? Preheated? Preheated. Is that right? Maybe yeah, preheated and then you keep it hot. I'm not gonna yeah. I'm not gonna dwell on it. Really <laughs> disappointed as I'd bought my brought my parents along to celebrate my birthday. If I'd been without my family, I'd have walked out. They paid a crazy sum. I felt embarrassed. I went home and I was sick everywhere. <laughs> What's that? She's just sore, but nobody took her out for a birthday. She took people out for her birthday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's really sad. Isn't it? I feel sorry. Oh, so, was that the pony and trap, or was it somewhere else? It's not. It's not the pony and trap. No. Is it? And I don't. I don't I've not. I've not heard of that one. <laughs> That was the pony. Fucking hell, he could have What did you do? <laughs> That's the point. This was about two years ago. Was so it? Hopefully things have got better since. She ruined yeah. my fucking nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, instantly ill. You're just not, are you? Yeah. you no, no, no. Jesus. Don't worry about it. You know, she's not going to ruin it now. No, okay, fine. time to get your own back. Right, Josh, was this salt or somewhere else? This is a two out of five star review. Do better already. Take it, you'll take yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Had lunch there today, knew it was an old Spanish place once upon a time, but thought some money might have been spent on it. Not so. Table and chairs, Tratora style, 1970s, plus there was plug in heating. Perhaps the food would compensate, question mark. The fish, excellent, but downhill thereafter. Nice wine list, but serving wine by the glass in 125 sizes at 120, 175 prices, that is sharp practice. <laughs> for, 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 oh, God. For, <laughs> <laughs> How do they know the cost of the wine? They they're not wine merchants. For better Friday lunchtime visits to pleasant locations, Locations with qualified staff in the West Midlands, namely Simpsons, Adams, and Pennells, mm. I shall be writing to the guide. This emperor has no clothes at all. Classic. <laughs> Classic, that is, isn't it? They always go for that. If it's something different, like, oh, emperor's new clothes. Yeah. Fucking original. <laughs> okay, so was that soul or something? It sounds more like a one than a two. <laughs> yeah, generous, it does. Isn't, it? isn't it funny? You get these horrible reviews, it's like four out of five. Yeah. Like, what is your system? So yeah. the uh, plug in heating is like, well, do you want to freeze to death, do you? <laughs> yeah. It's not going to affect your meal, is it? Where they got a fucking radio. Or a uh, not unless one. you're using it to cook with, no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
okay. What do you um, salt or something? Well, I might have seen it. I might have seen a plug-in heater, so I'm going to say salt. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm not. He clocked them, so I mean, we, we don't hide them. No, what's the, what's the point? There's a warm yeah. uh, We use them. Grade two listed building. You can't exactly. Insulate. Exactly. It's fucking completely you, agree. Do you know? Do you know that one? Do you, do I you, do remember it. Yeah, it was salt. It was salt, and Paul does remember it. Of Dude, course. Oh, bloody hell. Water yeah. ducks back now though these days, isn't it? You just take yeah. it in a stride. Exactly. Well, yeah, well, you have to. you get used to it. So yeah. do you still read them? <laughs> yeah. It's got better though, isn't it? Because it's got better because no, nobody's because... reviewing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're too scared. Yeah. No, I was saying to Simon earlier, we haven't had one for like two months. Really? One review, which is great, but then we had We one didn't today. get one in the whole of January actually. And yeah. I think oh, it, is, it is reducing the amount of people using TripAdvisor. They're migrating to other sites like um, Google Plus, for example. Yeah, Google Reviews. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Facebook. Yeah. Well, no. I might start because <laughs> that might be where I get to my content. We do monitor from. it, though. We do have a member of staff that monitors it because I, I do view it as a modern form of uh, word of mouth. Mm. But you have to bear in mind that if you're listening to someone with word of mouth, if you're still in a pub and somebody's talking about a place and it's word of mouth, if you think they're talking shit, what do you do? You don't listen to them. So it's the same thing. Yeah, yeah you no, know? he's dead right. I think people, especially with Twitter as well, like they they air their opinions and then we all say, oh, oh my I know. God. Yeah. You don't have to read it. You don't have to read it. You don't have exactly. to listen to it. Yeah. So, oh, you're right. Easy said than done, though, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, moving on to boiling point then. This is where our chefs tell... Uh, stories of the real heat of the kitchen. Uh, when have you lost your shit, or has someone lost their shit on you? I'm trying to think where I can imagine Josh losing his shit on people. Uh, no, it seems too nice. Yeah. yeah. No, it doesn't happen these days. <laughs> these, these days. days. <laughs> <laughs> right, who wants to kick things off for the boiling point story? Do you want to go first? Yeah, I can go first. Ooh, I normally always Guests go first. Guests don't so. normally say that. Yeah, I'll go first. Well, you well, said you well, well now, so I'm like, I'm like trying to think. I'm trying set. to think of like a, a um, you know, a palatable one. <laughs> no, hey, I don't want palatable. I no, want, um, I want dirty. No, I don't. I think <laughs> I want dirty. I think I tell you what. Over the when we first started. I used to use, lose my shit with myself quite a lot. <laughs> do you ever do that? Were you, on, do you, were you ever on your own in the kitchen? Wow. Ooh. No, you'd just be like, what the fuck are you doing? Would you say that aloud? Yeah. Wow. Oh, that's <laughs> pretty nice. Like, I love it. Throw a pan at your just own head. Like, yeah. <laughs> Smash a clean film machine up. Um, so, <laughs> um, you know, just the vent. All, all the blue roll holders, they were always good for like, a bit of a... They take a bit of a swipe. Punch oh, yeah, 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 the blue roll holders. Yeah, yeah. classic. Went for a few of those. So, um, I don't know, yeah, these days, nothing happens and, it, and it's so civilised, it's really nice. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Um, most of the time. So, I don't know, one day, what happened one day? I think this was like real early when we were just, just early into our foray into the, into the restaurant world. And we bought a second pub, it was called the Compton Inn, and we only ran it for a couple of years. Um, and we really worked hard at trying to get that place going and it, and it, and it, and it did work you know um, we got it busy but it did, we couldn't make it work enough to make it stand up and after a couple of years we sold it but um, one day it was Father's Day and we were short staffed and stuff and I had to like I went down to Compton it was Father's Day it was really busy I got set up in the kitchen I had this new chef come in I was like and actually the guy, the chef who came in was a guy called Alex Eggerton who's now the executive chef of the Salt Malt he's worked for me for the longest uh, okay. time um, of any Wait, same, employee same surname as you He's Eggington and I'm... Oh, Eggington, I, yeah, sorry. I'm Eggington, right. yeah, yeah. And I set him up and then he... Um, and no, he's not actually to do with in this story. And I set him up in the kitchen. He's right, here's all your potatoes, here's your roast, okay, you're going to be all, all ready with all this. And he had a really bad hay fever and he cycled. Right. 
and he came through the back door and his eyes were like everywhere and I looked at one look at him and I was like are you fucked <laughs> and he was like no no it was just bad hay fever and I was like fucking hell you better not be fucked so I got to leave him there <laughs> so I was getting a bit agitated about that um, but he did a great job and they had a great service um and then I went back to Pony and Trap and I had two chefs there a guy called Luke Hawkins um, who was like the apprentice and a sous chef called Ian and um, Luke uh, who's worked for me on and off over the years who runs the Kensington Arms he's just left actually but he's runs the Kensington Arms which is uh, a yeah. gastro probably running Redland in Bristol and he's a great chef and trained him since he was 16 and stuff anyway um I got there and they're like, right, are we ready to go for service? We've got like 100 works and stuff yeah. like that. Um, and you know, you're kind of up for it and you're like, right, I've set up. I feel quite happy I've set up down there, but I'm a bit worried about him, whether he's, you know, whether he's going to be all right. Um, and sometimes you have to do that these, these days, I had to leave him. Um, and we got set up and, and we've done everything, we're all ready. And I looked down and I saw this jar of apple sauce. And I was, like, what? I was like, what the fuck is that? Um, and they said, oh, we didn't have time to, um, we didn't have time to make apple sauce, so we sent Meg to, to the shop to buy it. <laughs> oh. And I was like, you what? <laughs> <laughs> we got, got the fucking apples. Yeah. It's 10 to 12. What do you mean you got time? And I, I literally, I fucking lost my shit. And they had to like run the cover and they, we had about four jars and they just, this just went flying. And it was just like hitting the walls, exploding everywhere, glass everywhere. It was a nightmare. Um, so then we cleaned it all up, got ready for service. And as we did service, I made an applesauce on the side to just say that this oh. is how you fucking do it. Wow. And then served the first port with the applesauce and stuff. But it was just like, I've been oh. running around all morning, making sure everyone's perfect set up and you two fuckers can't be bothered to make applesauce oh my god <laughs> see if it. they'd have had a nouse about them they should have emptied the jars into <laughs> yeah. a but yeah bowl. they're just on the on the pass ready to put on the pork and I was like oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love right that. in your eye line yeah, it's yeah. just to wind you up yeah yeah so that was um, yeah mate that's but, very honest of you I appreciate it yeah, yeah. <laughs> Paul what you got for us mate um I was going through my list earlier. I don't know. Oh, the, list. List. the list is longer than my shopping list. It's, yeah. it's boiling. It's not all me. I may add. I may add. It's not all me. A lot of things I've received. <laughs> or witnessed. <laughs> Better word. Yeah. Um, so the, uh, I was interviewing this girl once when I was working at Tottenham Mill. And um, she'd come in for a comedy job. And like, Josh will know. Like, I don't know if you do this, but different levels it's common to get them to cook a dish for you yeah absolutely yeah. so com- commie level I've never really got them to do a whole dish just quickly do you, so do you get um, do you tell them to bring, like, do you say oh there's some ingredients in there just yeah, go and help yourself stuff that's in the fridge or you might get something in for, uh, okay. if it's more senior level I might say get a whole duck in and okay, then cool. give them a couple of hours to do a main course mm-hmm. but like commie level I just want to see that they've got an understanding and like they can appreciate like basic skills mm-hmm. so I said to this girl I said right you half hour I want a fried egg, a poached egg, and scrambled egg. And she was like, okay, cool. I was like, half an hour enough? She's like, yeah, that's fine. I said, serve them up whenever you want. Like, whenever you want, it's fine. Just, um, <coughs> just like, whenever you want to do it, just yeah. make them nice. Anyway, I carried on. I think I was doing lunch service on the pass, and I had a commie uh, stew who was over the other side, just kept looking at me going, <laughs> and I was like just give her a chance give her a chance right, okay. and it gets it's like 29 minutes and yeah. she brings me this plate and I looked at all like the fried egg had the skin on it the scrambled egg it was fucking annihilated and then I touched so bad for it. I touched the poached egg and yeah. it was like it was literally as cold as ice oh, like no. I was like 
these are freezing cold. Well, well, I don't yeah. want to eat that. Actually, I didn't know you wanted to eat it. Be more specific, bro. Yeah. yeah, your brief was wrong. <laughs> oh my I said, God. you just need to go. It's like, I'm supposed to be here all day. I said, no, you just need to go. Oh, no. Oh, oh, she said, have I not got the job? I was like, no. No, no job for you, I'm sorry. Oh, wow. And I went and spoke to Stu, and I said, what did she do? She, like, she said she poached the egg off straight away. It, it was crap as well, but crap and cold. Yeah. And then she just um, she left it in this ice bath. So rather than poach it and serve it, she yeah, like, refreshed it, it in ice. She said, she refreshed it. But there was, why would you refresh it overcooked while like... <laughs> And then, because there was water all on the plate, he said she just grabbed it and just just chucked it on the plate. Oh, <laughs> it up. The fried egg had been sat there for fifteen minutes, oh, and then, no. yeah, the scrambled egg was just oh, knackered and cold. Uh, ever no. come across her since? Is she? Yeah, sort know. of. She went to work at a local pub and then was just telling everyone how horrible I was. Oh no way! Yeah, she stood outside his house with eggs. Just, oh mate. Yeah. Oh bless you. Oh, there you go. I can afford your honesty though. I love it. I think angrier I just said you gotta go yeah, yeah. Fair, enough. <laughs> fair enough I love it okay right we're gonna finish up with some cooking hacks and myths for you to take away uh, so these are either things that will help you out in the kitchen or things that you'll stop doing because they are pointless like putting olive oil in boiling water mm-hmm. to or, stop the pasta sticking or any oil yeah, yeah any just oil just in any water oil, why, do oil, why do you waste it has anyone got any for our listeners to take away and one I've come across recently I can't remember who I was speaking to but people who put milk or cream in like scrambled egg before they yeah. cook it yeah what, what, what? what are you doing what are you doing what are you, I love this what are you doing? I know it's like a hotel trick to bulk it out <laughs> yeah it is that. yeah but then they cook off a batch of it and the milk just leaks out anyway because <laughs> yeah. it, it doesn't suspend <laughs> yeah. it but just cook them it's just, a little bit yeah, of nicely flavor. just a bit that's of that is all you need that's it, it. cook them right. because pe- some people think it keeps it soft but it doesn't the only thing that keeps it soft is cooking it slowly or not, so over- don't... not overcooking it exactly yeah this it. I am not I'm going to embarrass my girlfriend here because yesterday am I right what? in saying yesterday I was making a scrambled eggs for breakfast and Hayley goes how much milk are you putting in that and I went what milk and she went well, I always put milk in my scrambled eggs and I was like no I'm not putting milk in scrambled eggs and she looked at me like I'd just shit on her and she was like what are you doing and I was like no not doing it so I'm so glad you brought that that was not I can't believe that's I not planned I why you looked over yeah. there I said it <laughs> Love it. Thanks, Paul. I appreciate it. That's the best thing that's ever happened. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, got anything for us? Um, what, not, one, what not, not to do's? Or yeah, not to do's. Yeah, not like to do's. Uh, or anything. Tem- that- I'm always quite sensitive about temperatures and stuff, you know. So, like, if you're making salad at home, you know, just if you're making small salad, cucumber, whatever, whatever it is, just make sure you get it out of the fridge. Um, I know you're not going to get it in the fridge in advance of making it. So get it out of the fridge, cut it up. Um, and and salt it, and it, about temperature and salt, and it's just letting that salt penetrate and letting that vegetable warm up. Leave it on the side for a good 15, 20 minutes, and then dress your tomatoes or your cucumbers or your onions or your cucumber, all of those things. Good some yeah, and, yeah. And then and then you just like the flavour and the profile completely changes because the salt draws out the natural water of the vegetable, and then that water can then in turn dress the vegetable, and then you can add some oil to protect it, yeah. so that coats the outside of the veg. Um, and then you put your vinegar on, so you don't need to make a dressing, and then the oil coating the vegetable 
protects it and then the vinegar is there to season it and it doesn't kill it with the acidity mm. so it's just about seasoning even if they dress it that is why no we salt. do this for me that is the perfect like it's just it's so simple but it yeah. will completely yeah. transform every salad homemade it will you make. it will completely because I like do that I just get the cucumber straight out of the fridge no, chop it serve it all your veg even like sliced carrots and peppers all that just get the salt in there to tenderise it and then the leave, leave it there 15-20 minutes toss in the salt and then dress it and then add your leaves and your, your salad Honestly, you'd revolutionise you eating salad what? at home. Eight. Toss salad. Yeah. That is so perfect. It, I love it. If, say if you're making coleslaw as well. Like same thing, same principle. Slice your shallots, get them salted first, and or onions, whatever it is you use it. And so it's breaking it down. It's not too harsh. And it's not yeah. adding any heat or anything like that. You're just in a no, bowl with a bit of salt. It's an alternative form of cooking. You're just rendering. You know, yeah. you're doing. Just letting it break down a bit. I love this. I love this. Right, perfect place to end there. Thanks again to Gusborns for providing us with tonight's nightcap. You can order straight from their website, gusborn.com, or at Gusborn on Twitter and at Gusborn underscore wine on Instagram. Thanks so much for coming, Josh. Welcome. This Thanks has for been having me. So nice. I hope you enjoyed your experience downstairs. You obviously seem to. It was I did. Pretty yeah. damn Delicious. cool. I'll be back. Good yeah, also quickly, but, uh, before fun. we go, how's the ankle? Are you. Oh terrible I can hardly walk yeah <laughs> fell down the stairs last night we were gonna right. we were gonna play squash on Friday and Paul yeah. text me going I can't I was like why well, I fell down the stairs you got a better story than that I'll yeah. show you the swelling <laughs> saving your child from in front of a car would have been much better yeah that would have been heroic anyway uh, wherever you are however you're listening thanks so much for downloading here's to you Josh for coming on for a nightcap cheers Thank everyone you. cheers thanks very cheers. much Thanks again for downloading the Nightcap Series 3 Part 1, again in partnership with Guzborns. Obviously, they supply some of the top restaurants and hotels around the world, and they are still open for business. Simply visit guzborn.com to place orders and see which of their new very special releases are available for you to enjoy at home for the very first time. Free delivery, no minimum order requirements either, which is pretty incredible. If you love listening as much as we love doing it, spread the word. You can help others find it by leaving a rating and review on iTunes via your podcast app. And for the price of a cup of coffee a month, support the pod on Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash the nightcap. And we're also giving away signed menus from Paul's Michelin-style restaurant Salt there. And we're going to be selecting one day one of our Patreons to come and sit in on Series 3 Part to recording later this year so that's patreon.com forward slash the nightcap in the meantime go distract yourselves you can listen again to all eight episodes of both series one two and the christmas special with michael o'hare via your podcast app and for more content and videos follow us on instagram and twitter and facebook at the nightcap underscore pod enjoy